uh, here um, for this revival. And uh, well, before he even left a town, he was facing obstacles. But I thank God. I thank God that he, uh, he stayed the course and that he came and uh, you've been a blessing to us. How many of you appreciate Apostle Michael Smith? Amen. Amen. And of course, Past, uh, uh, Pastor Ben Aguirre, he's already gone back to Queen City, Texas. And uh, we were glad to, uh, to have him, even though he missed the Lord and left today. Of course, I, me- I messed with him the whole time he was here. I kept trying to persuade him, but they, they really did have other things on their schedule. And they, um, I, I should have pressed a little harder before we uh, actually got them here because I think uh, maybe if we'd have got them to commit to staying with us before they left, we might have been able to persuade them. In fact, I don't think we'd have had to twist their arm at all, but praise the Lord. And of course, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Ruben Villanueva and, and uh, his wife Andrea uh, here from Swanton, Ohio, uh, Pastor uh, the, the Dwelling Place Church, we were at the Dwelling Place for 27 weeks of revival. In, um, uh, it was more than 27, the whole revival lasted about 40-something weeks. And um, in, in the first 18 weeks of revival, we quit counting after the first 18 weeks, but in the first 18 weeks of revival, over 800 decisions were made for Christ. Amen. Wait, that's, that's, that's to, uh, we, should, we should rejoice over that, but here's, let, let me tell you, none of them, nearly none of them got born again in the altars at church. But we have, uh, we have an evangelist here, Shree, who, uh, she was taking teams out every Friday night into the streets of Adrian, Michigan, Toledo, Ohio, every day for a while. And they, they, they went out from the revival meetings and went and did the work that Jesus did. You know, we're, we're waiting for people to come to the church. I've got news for you. Church people aren't coming to church. Listen, you're living in a dream world. You're living in a dream world if you think after COVID, one-third to two-thirds of church people didn't come back to church. You're living in an extreme. You've been on Facebook too much if you think the sinners are going to come to the church to get saved. Amen. Sheree was out preaching to those uh, Muslims during Ramadan. And winning, we're, listen, we're not talking about winning people back to Jesus. We're talking about Muslims and Buddhists. We're talking about people that serve false gods. We sat at lunch while a Buddhist prepared our meal, and Sheree just, I could see her working her way in. And in about three minutes, she preached the strongest gospel message. You know, I, was a, I, I went witnessing when I was a teenager and, and that's how I started as an evangelist. Is that, that my, my ministry was in the street uh, preaching. But, but it would take me three, four hours to persuade, you know, three or four people to give their hearts to the Lord. But I watched Cherie in three minutes. In three minutes while a guy is cleaning the grill, trying to get away from the table because there's this annoying white girl sitting at his table. And there he is cleaning that grill. And Cherie's like, do you know God loves you and has a good plan for your life? She said, you know, she said, where do you go to church? Well, I'm Buddhist. You know, your God don't talk. But I serve a talking God. Your God's dead, but my Jesus, he's alive. She'd be telling Muslims, that's, for, that's her starting point with Muslims and Buddhists. Your God's not a talking God. Your God's dead. He's not alive. Amen. But anyhow, 
over 800 decisions, right? First 18 weeks. Is that right, Cherie? Was that, am, am I right? And we, did, we quit counting after that because we were just, there were so many that were being born again. But um, we were at Pastor Reuben's church for part of that, uh, for at least 27 weeks of it, and God poured out his spirit mightily. Listen, you can have, you can have church or you can do the will of God in the last days. We've, we've decided we're going to do the will of God. Amen. Whether it makes us popular, whether, whether they think we're peculiar, uh, amen, we're going to do what God told us to do. Thank you, Pastor Reuben, for coming. He, he brought a great message. Uh, the illustration sticks with me yet. The first, the first position that God, that when, when God uh, created man was man was laying there with no life. And we find ourselves there regularly. God standing over us and us in need of life. And uh, so I, I appreciate you, uh, brother. And, uh, of course, tonight, Brother Aaron Bird is with us from Chickasha. And uh, we're glad to have him doing ministry tonight. Amen. And uh, Pastor Anglin from uh, Midwest City is here with us tonight. Brother, will you lift up your hand? And everybody know it's good to have you, Pastor. Um, Jason Anglin, he, uh, Pat, what's, the, what's the name of your church, brother? I, I don't remember. Divine Vision International Worship Center. And uh, I reckon some, some folks came with you and then others uh, probably have seen Aaron in some place. But we're glad to have all of you. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Um, uh, like, like, a lot of, like a lot of things going on in different places, uh, we've had several call our church and tell us, uh, Pastor, we're not coming. We started running fever. We're thinking we may have symptoms of COVID. And so uh, we've had lots of people that stayed at home today. And, uh, but I, I'm going to tell you something. We're, uh, we're, not, we're not in fear here. We, uh, I, I want to tell you what I tell everybody all the time. You're not going to die of COVID. Let somebody else die of COVID, not you in the name of Jesus. And so uh, real quickly, I w uh, it's, important, it's important that we resist the devil. And, and however, the however the Lord leads you to do that, that's how you got to do. Now, one time I was in a worship service, and, and I'm going to tie this in. We're, we're receiving an offering. I'm, I'm talking about the offerings over today. But I was in a worship service, and I'd just gotten off the road. I'd been preaching in another state. We'd been having revival. I was just coming to my home church. I just wanted to chill, hear the Word of God preached. But that morning, the worship was rough. I mean, they, they, they couldn't get a breakthrough. And pastor's wife thought it would be a good idea since I'd been in revival for the past seven months to have me get up, maybe I could encourage people to get in worship. Little did she know that I was tired. I just wanted to be there and receive. But in the, she's, at the end of the first song, she's like, Brother Ziggy, get up here and help these people get broke out. And I was like, my God, no pressure, you know. So I got up and I looked at all these, you know, people that hadn't been in revival. Most of them plugged up with religion and tradition, spiritually constipated, need a move of God. And I got up there, and, and, uh, and I, 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 I led with that verse of Scripture. The Bible says, uh, submit yourself under uh, the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. You know, sometimes we leave out the submitting to, to the hand of God. Listen, if you don't submit to God, the devil ain't going nowhere. Come on, somebody. Some people think that they can talk to the devil, and no matter what condition their relationship is with God, that the devil will listen. I've got news for you. You might get him to move a couple times. I mean, I reckon the sons of Sceva had some measure of success. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried it. 
But there was that time. There was that time. And, uh, you know, we, we always assume that when Jesus, when, when Jesus' disciples said, Lord, there's people that are casting out devils in your name. Um, we need to go stop them. When Jesus told them, no, let them be. Because if they're, you know, if they're, if they're not working against us, then, you know, they're for us. We, we think what Jesus, what, what we preach is that Jesus was um, condoning or that he was validating what those people were doing. But that's not really what Jesus, if you look at the sons of Sceva, you know, the sons of Sceva, when they left out of there after the demons tore them up, when they left out, the Bible says revival broke out. But it wasn't because God was with the sons of Sceva. But God used no matter, no matter what the devil meant. Amen. So what Jesus said was right. Hey, if they're, let them go ahead and talk. Either way, it's going to work out in our behalf. And it did. It worked out on behalf of the church when the sons of Sceva got tore up. Amen. I mean, read the next verses. People started bringing their witchcraft books, and people started turning away from false religions, and revival hit the place. And because fear came on them. Amen. But so I told him, I said, submit yourselves to God and then resist the devil. And then the, the Lord told me, show him what resisting is. And so um, I, I got, I don't know who it was, maybe it was Ted, but I got someone up there and I said, and one of us was the devil, one of us was God. And we began to, I said, now resist me. When I push against you, resist me. And as I began to push, stand up here, Tyler. You're, uh, Tyler's my nephew. He's a good, good man. So I'm going to, I want you to resist me. And so, if you're going to resist me, because I'm a big guy. So, you can, you can see there's some effort being exerted in him. So, go ahead and sit down. So, see, we think, we think resisting the devil is just, you know, well, amen, I resist you, devil. But to resist the devil, you have to, you have to come at him with as much force as he's come at you with. And to, and to overcome him, you've got to come at him with more force. And so let me tell you something with this COVID thing. If you're going to overcome, you have to submit to God and you have to resist the devil. Resisting the devil don't mean tucking tail and running. Amen. It means you put up some opposition. You, it means you... What 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 is it? What's the devil trying to get people trying to get people out of church if they got COVID? Right? So what do you do? Well, you you know what? You crank on the worship music at seven o'clock during revival, amen. You 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 get you get you get in your house. We're not live broadcasting, but boy, you you imagine, amen. You get in the mode, but you start pushing and believing God. Fin financially, um, I've, I've encouraged people. I believe that the church has been uh, opposed financially. For years and years and years and years. Uh, so much so that we've had to borrow from the world to do the work of God. But I'm telling you, God is turning that around for this generation. And I believe, listen, church, we need to quit praying for God to bring millionaires to church. Because God doesn't just want to bring millionaires to church. God wants to raise millionaires up out of the church. We've, we've, got, we've got several people in our church that we've, we're, we've already had dream dreams and seen visions and had the word of the Lord. And there are some that we're believing that this year they're entering into the million flow. Some in the tens of millions flow. And you know what? If they'll let God do it, I reckon some can get into the billion flow. Now, I know that's hard for some of you to grasp because some of you barely in the 30,000 flow.
So we got, we got, to, put, we got to put the eyes of faith on. We got, to sw- we got to flip the switch of faith. So John 10.10, 10, and, and I'll finish with this. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. How many of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture? We think that the thief is the devil. But when you put this scripture in context, the thief, and we, I understand that the devil is a liar, he's a thief, he is, uh, he is the oppressor, he is our opposer, he is the accuser, he's, he's all these things. And I, and I know that there are principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of the, uh, some people think when I talk like this that I don't believe that, that we're in a battle, that we're in warfare, but I I do. I know that there's a devil. But the thief that this scripture is talking about is not the devil. If you go back and you read a few scriptures ahead, in fact, in the previous chapter and then the first few verses of this chapter, what Jesus was talking about was religion. Religion has kept church people sick. It's kept church people poor. It's kept church people bound. It's kept church people from fulfilling the Great Commission. It's kept us from being everything that the Word of God tells us that we ought to be. Jesus, Jesus said this. He's talking to the Pharisees. He, says, he said this. He said, uh, the thief comes in through another way except for through the gate. I'm the gate. Anyone who doesn't come through me is a thief and a robber. And he was talking to the Pharisees because they were, they were trying to come as the New Testament is being presented. They're trying to come uh, with Old Testament thinking. And Jesus said this, he said this to him, the thief cometh, not meaning the religion of the Pharisees, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Listen, church, we've, we've got to break out of a mindset that is wrapped up in the world's thinking, and we've got to begin to adopt word thinking. And if you'll adopt word thinking, then you'll, then you'll break out of, you know what, it's time for us to quit giving to, to, to little uh, African kids with fat bellies with flies crawling in and out of their nose and mouth. You know, the Bible never instructed us. In fact, the Bible instructed us not to give out of necessity. Not to just give because there's a need. But sometimes that's almost the only way that we can have people give. You know, some pastors, that's how they function their church. Once they get done with one project to keep money flowing, they start another one. Because if they don't start another project, the offerings shut down. Well, we decided when we started this church, we weren't going to, we weren't going to raise funds. We were, going to, we were going to give according to the Word of God. Amen. That we were going to give because the Bible commands us to give, and it was going to be an act of worship and thanksgiving to the Lord. And so today, as you give, I want you to give, not out of a religious mindset. Don't, don't, don't give because, uh, well, you know, we got to meet a budget or whatever. You know, there are budgets to meet. But here's the thing. I decided already, if I had to pay the budget out of my own personal pocket, I was going to do it. I was, I was a year, a, a, an entire calendar year in a revival in Richmond, Indiana. There were times uh, I flew back and forth in my own airplane. There were times when I flew to Richmond, Apostle Smith, that the offering didn't cover the fuel for the airplane. By the time we got done with that revival, Apostle Smith, I had cleaned out the ministry account, I had cleaned out my personal savings account, and I had already started on our checking account. And you know, the whole time I was there, and I was teaching people on finance, you know people, all the Facebook cities were on Facebook talking about, oh, he's only here for the money. 
what money? Please tell me where it's at so I can get some of it, so I can get some fuel to go home. But you know, we don't, we don't, we don't just talk about, I know some of you, some of you, maybe you've heard a bunch of people that lie and are gimmicky about this stuff. But my wife and I, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I've been in the ministry since I was 16 years old. And we have lived by faith. I mean, for real, by faith. Believing and trusting that he would supply every need that we have according to his will. In these last days, it's going to be more important than ever before for you to trust God financially. And so we, we have an opportunity. Some people say, yeah, you know, Brother Aaron's a good, you know, we, 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 we want to use that. Brother Aaron's good soil. We're going to sow into good soil. You need to sow into good soil. I've got news for you. You don't have to sow into good soil. You can sow, in, you can sow into dead soil and God will bless it anyhow. Just ask Abraham when you get to heaven. Abraham sowed seed into a dead womb and it produced a promise. See, we get caught up in religion. We get caught up in natural thinking. But when we do what the Bible says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him. that You know what? You don't have to qualify him. He's going to get up here and he's going to preach the word of God. Now, one dollar that you give him is going to end up in the, in the pocket of a bartender. Now, one dollar that you give him is going to end up in the G-string of a stripper. Now, one dime that you sow into his ministry is going to go to one of these dispensaries from here to Chickasha. Aaron is a minister of the Word of God. He is a preacher of the gospel. He's about to preach your face off. I suggest that you get radical today and that you sow a significant seed. Not, listen, not for any other reason other than that, that that's what the Word of God teaches us, to be generous, to expect that when we sow into God's people, that we're going to receive a harvest. Amen. The field's ripe for harvest, not only for the lost, but for you to receive a harvest in your finances. So today as you give, expect it's going to be given back to you. Amen. If you're writing a check, make your check to Winner's Church. Uh, most, most of our giving is done online. If you'd like to give online, you can text... Uh, Winner's Church to 77977. If you need an envelope, Don will give you an envelope. You can give cash. We take any form of payment whatsoever. Do not leave your children. Uh, we, do, we, do not take, we, do not, we do not take kids as an offering. But in the past, people have brought bunnies. They've brought pigs, cows. I was in southeast Oklahoma. I was in southeast Oklahoma. Cherie came to me and said, Pastor, um, someone, we, we, we need for you to come outside. Uh, someone gave an offering, and we want to get your picture next to it. I was like, boy, it must be something big. I was expecting a truck or, no, man, I got out there. It was a cow tied to a post outside of the church. I was like, my God. What made me feel bad is I didn't look small next to it. Pray for me, saints. Amen. I looked tall, but I didn't look wide. Amen. So we're going to pray over this. You can bring your offering anytime, but let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to give to you today. Lord, as we give, may it be given back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, cause men to give into our bosom. With the same measure that we meet, Lord, with all, may it be measured unto us again. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that we have the privilege of participating in the economy of heaven. And Lord, I pray that even though there are some here that aren't familiar with the message of, of grace concerning giving and receiving, that they'll leave here 
having been influenced by the anointing that is in this house for supernatural increase. And so I declare supernatural increase is headed your way. I declare you will say what you have and you will have what you say. I declare doors of opportunity are opening for you today. The supernatural increase is headed your way. Glory to God. Amen. You can bring your offering anytime. If you have a visitor's card, drop it in the, in the offering bucket. Um, don't forget to double. Amen. Tomorrow morning, Brother Aaron will be with us again for the morning service. Uh, make plans to be here at uh, 10.30 a.m. Uh, we don't have worship in the morning, so it'll be a brief. We'll have a song, and then we'll turn Aaron loose to have plenty of time to share whatever the Lord's put on his heart. And then tomorrow night, we're having a miracle service, and just, just in time, because uh, the enemy, you know, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God lifts up a standard against him. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're that standard. The church of the Lord Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Word of God, amen. And so, now some of you ladies know where that text came from. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> I set that out in a women, to the women's group in a text. I, w I knew they thought it was Pastor Andy. They were like, preach! <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was me. But anyway, tomorrow night we're going to have a miracle service. You say, what does that mean? Well, we'll probably have communion because, you know, uh, I, I won't talk about that tonight, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. But tomorrow I'm going to be talking about special miracles. Uh, you know, the Bible says that special miracles were wrought through the hands of Paul and through the ministry of Paul. And we're going to talk about what that means and what that means to us today. You know, miracles, you can't, some people pray, they pray for miracles and they, they believe God for, they try to exercise their faith for miracles. Well, you can exercise your faith and position yourself for the miraculous. But the, but the very nature of miracles is that miracles are an expression of God's love toward mankind. God doesn't do miracles because we have faith for them. God does miracles because he loves us. It's the evidence of God's love for man. And you know what? He never quit loving us. How many of you know that God still loves us today? According to the Bible, there's nothing that can separate us from his love. If that's true, then miracles are for now. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're, we're, we'll talk about, uh, about miracles, and then we'll, we're definitely going to minister uh, healing to those that are sick and believe God for uh, miracles in your life. So I met Aaron Bird at the end of a, a seven-month revival, or, or not at the end, really at the beginning of a seven-month revival that we had in Chickasha, Oklahoma at the Chickasha First Assembly of God. That revival shook the entire community. God moved mightily by His Spirit. You know, during that revival, uh, there was a revelation of, of, of a financial supernatural increase that I was preaching on. Uh, you'd come to church and, and uh, people were leaving with their houses paid off. You, you'd come to church, and, and some people would leave with a brand new car. I mean, it was crazy. You might walk in with no money, and you might leave with 10 grand. And that wasn't, that wasn't a preacher. And this, this church financially had done well, but I think in seven months, we had nearly three-quarters of a million dollars come in our offering. When the pastor showed me his, his uh, uh, financial records, when Paul Knight showed me his financial records, I, his, his finances were level from January to June and then uh, July, they took a spike. And August, they took a little more spike. Uh, September, they shot through the roof all the way to December. 
I said, that must be from the revival. He said, it is from the revival. He said, but this, this page doesn't reflect your offerings. He says, there's none of your offerings are recorded on this, on this graph. He said, this is what's happened to the offerings in our church. The finances in our church have exploded. For, for six years, that church didn't pass an offering plate. Nobody would wait. They would all run to the front and throw their money at the altar. For six years, they, and them and visitors, it was incredible. But Aaron, uh, I think Aaron was sowing a hundred, at one time, and I, I don't mean to steal your thunder if you're going to a hundred bucks a night God spoke to him to sow. And he just kept, he just kept trusting the Lord and kept trusting the Lord. But that was one of the keys, I believe, to his breakthrough was that God blessed him. So without any further ado, he's my friend, he's my brother. I love him. He looks Amish. He's not. <laughs> but Brother Aaron, come man and preach the word of God. We know you're going to do it. Take your liberty. You know they're used to being along with me. So you're good, brother. I love you. Praise the Lord. You glad to be in the house of God? Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Yeah. Y'all don't, y'all don't tell my wife, amen. That goes in my shoe in my closet, hallelujah. That hush money, she don't know I got it. Praise God. You better quit recording there. <laughs> no, amen, praise God. Listen, God is, during that revival, I, I was talking about it Wednesday night at our church. I woke up. I, I've been, listen, I've been preaching since I was 12 years old. All my friends that are here, I love y'all. God bless you. So good uh, uh, that y'all came to support me, especially on a Thursday night. I know it's not uh, easy to get out in midweek, but all y'all, thank you, brother, for uh, coming. And then my dear friend, Pastor Jason Anglin. This, this is my brother from another mother. Amen. We hang out. We go to OU games together. We uh, go eat. Uh, I, I, I blame... <laughs> Don't, don't do me. Amen. No. <laughs> I, blame, <laughs> I blame him for all my weight gain. Praise God. He takes me to some soul food places, and that is my weakness. If y'all ever know the key to my heart, Mama E's is the key to my heart. And uh, you give me some oxtail. Woo! Amen. Neck bone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Greens, I love it. I'll sit there. Candy yams, I'll eat them. Every bit of it. Uh, but anyway, and I, I'm Hispanic, if not Amish, praise God. If y'all, y'all didn't know that. My family, my, we have our own tamale recipe, our own enchilada sauce recipe. Uh, that's our Christmas every year. My grandmother still makes all of that homemade, fresh. Uh, the key to good Mexican food, just in case you want to know, this is my grandmother's answer. She grinds all of her seasonings. She does not buy them from the store. She grinds them. So that's her. That's what she says is the key to everything she makes. So anyway, uh, we're Hispanic, amen. But uh, but my God, I can yeah, I can tear up some soul food. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, are you ready for the word? Anyway, been raised in church my whole life. 2006. I don't know, something about it, I began to get sober. I've been preaching since I was 12 years old, but I was raised old school, Pentecostal holiness. Everything I knew about church was nothing but holding your back and shouting. Amen. We, 
My doctrine was only to the extent of casting out devils, uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and Jesus was sometime coming back. Amen. That was it. Praise God. <laughs> well, of course, holiness, you know, we, you had to dress right, look right, talk right, preach right, praise right. If you didn't praise like us, you just wasn't saved. Amen. I remember a woman shouted and her eyeballs were open and we said, she's in the flesh. No, she's trying not to die. Praise God. Amen. But that's what we did. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I woke up in 2006. And ever since then, God began to take me on a journey. He started waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning for, for two years, uh, uh, giving me doctrine, taking me through the word. Uh, I wasn't given any of that growing up in the church, uh, uh, in depth, anything solid that I could stand on. It was all just a bunch of carnality, not not on purpose. That's just all we knew. Understand? Amen. But, but the Holy Ghost began to take me on a journey. I, uh, and so I, when I met Brother Ziggy, I mean, he was opposite of what I'd ever known. Total opposite of what I'd ever known. Almost, to, I mean, my pastors told me we were afraid to even invite you to the revival because we thought you might get offended. <laughs> But the only thing that kept me coming is he had the most beautiful suits I'd ever seen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he did. He wore some nice suits back there. I actually went to the store and just looked around, just stood there where he bought his suits like, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. Praise God. But anyway, it's good to be here. I'm glad that God has taken me on that journey. Uh, uh, a lot of the churches I, I preach at, I love to provoke us. I love to push us. That's my forte. Um, I'm weird. I, I, I get told that they would invite me back if I would quit touching on sensitive subjects, but I keep touching them. Amen. I keep preaching them because the Word talks about it. Amen. And we cannot ignore the Word. If you have to ignore a subject for you to continue coming, then that's your holdup. That's probably your bondage. Amen. Why? Because we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. knowledge. And anything you're willing to keep in darkness is something that you're not learning, which means you're de being destroyed in that area. You're being destroyed in that area. So we have to learn. There are some subjects I know uh, uh, that I am not uh, uh, knowledgeable in. Amen. You will never see me join an IT team. Praise God. I'm not knowledgeable in IT. Amen. Even though I work for a technology company, I am not IT. Praise God. Amen. I do good to run this thing, but I cannot work on it. Uh, uh, however, amen, the subjects that I know he's taken me through at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get up and I deal with. And I, I, I made this uh, uh, vow to our church, and, and I, I stick with it. I never preach on a subject that God ain't dealing with me on. Amen. I don't get up and preach at them. Preach to them. Minister to them. Because I, I want to show them what God is actually dealing with me on. We're all human. Ain't none of us perfect. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's get to the word. I'm ready. I'm excited about this, uh, uh, this opportunity. Be back here in the morning. And more, tomorrow morning, be doing a little more uh, teaching than preaching. But uh, uh, for tonight, I didn't, I didn't leave myself a whole lot of room to teach. I wanted to preach. So uh, Hebrews, uh, uh, you can go to Hebrews chapter 2. I'll meet you there, but I'm going to 
start with uh, chapter chapter 1 and just kind of give a review of this. So Hebrews chapter 1 and, and, and what the writer is, there's a lot to this. I give you a lot of background to Hebrews, uh, uh, but nobody really understands who the writer is. Kind of, the church is kind of split, whether it's Paul or Apollo. Some believe it's Aquila uh, uh, and Priscilla that, uh, uh, that wrote Hebrews. A lot of them have agreed that it's not Paul uh, on the, just based on the facts that they studied how he wrote the other books. Uh, and this one is not laid out in the same way that, uh, that he laid out his other books. Uh, for the sake of argument, I always like to say it's Paul just because there's a lot mentioned here that he mentions in his books. Either way, it's written by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. So in, in uh, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, in my, in my church, we're doing a study right now through the book of Hebrews. Uh, uh, but chapter 1 and chapter 2, is it, there's some things that he pointed out that I really want uh, uh, to bring out here tonight to kind of get us to where we're going. Uh, I believe in the God, what he is doing right now. We have a perfect opportunity to see the kingdom manifested. We prophesied awakening for uh, at least two years that an awakening was coming. An awakening was coming. COVID hit and it seemed like everything shut that down. Everything went against it. But I believe God is using that, amen, as a part of his plan to see the awakening come out. If, if COVID stopped you, praise God, you didn't catch the vision. Amen. Praise God. Now, in, 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 and so I want, I want to show us a couple things that he showed us at our church that, that was clogging up the ability for the kingdom to be demonstrated in our life. Amen. How many wants to get unclogged? All right. So in, in Hebrews chapter 1, he starts dealing with them that the Christ is higher than the angels. Amen. But in chapter 1, what he's doing is he's speaking to the deity of Christ. You have to understand, Christ is fully God and fully man. He's not half God and half man. He's fully God and fully man. So Hebrews chapter 1, he's speaking to the deity of Christ, saying he's higher than the angels. Amen. Uh, uh, and the, then he gives the reason why he's higher than the angels. That's because God called him son. Amen. Because he called him son. So the deity was tied to a sonship. Amen. Uh, chapter 1, I, I could break the words down. I, we have a video on our on Breakout Ministries uh, Facebook page. You can go to it. That's Hebrews 1. I did break all this down. But, but to save time, because I really want to get to uh, Hebrews 2, uh, all things were created by the intellect of Christ and sustained by the intellect of Christ. So it was created by the mind of the Spirit and it was sustained by the mind of the Spirit. According to what he's preaching here in Hebrews chapter 1. Amen. That is wonderful news. Because you and I are filled with that sustaining power. Amen. Now, Hebrews chapter 2. So chapter 1, we'll get back to that. He's speaking to the deity of Christ. Hebrews chapter 2. He speaks to the humanity of Christ. So chapter 1, he speaks to the deity. Chapter 2, he's speaking to humanity. Go to verse 4. And that's where we'll start. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. He bore witness how? Through signs and wonders and different miracles. Amen. Now, I want to bring out the end of chapter or verse 3, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. They didn't experience him, but they said, we've heard 
from those that did experience him. And then he brings out the experiences through uh, uh, signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Verse 5, for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place, now, saying, now he's quoting Psalms, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the, the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. First chapter, he says he's higher than the angels. Second chapter, he says he's lower than the angels. Come on now. Amen. And he says he didn't put him, he didn't put the world under subjection to the angels, and he wasn't speaking to the higher than the angels side of Christ. He was speaking about the lower, the humanity of Christ. So he put subjection of all things that were created under the humanity of Christ. Amen. Come on now. Amen. This is going to help us. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left him being not capitalized. He... Christ left nothing, or God left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus. Come on. We didn't see him. We didn't experience him. We didn't walk with him. We didn't know him. God put everything under the humanity side of him, but we see Jesus. Let me do it again. We didn't walk with him, Pastor Jason. We didn't talk with him. We didn't, we didn't experience him ourselves. We only experienced the people that did hear him. I was only connected to the ones that walked with him. Then he manifests in signs, wonders, and miracles, and healings. And now we see Jesus. <laughs> How do they see Jesus? Signs, wonders, miracles. Where was this subjection given to? Where we're all, all, all of creation subjected to? The humanity of Christ. What is the whole purpose of Christ? God was not at war with Satan. Contrary to possibly popular belief. He didn't, Christ did not come to defeat, to, to defeat Satan. God was at war with man. It was the fall of Adam that caused God to turn against man. So then when God sent his son, Jesus being our mediator, our advocate, he came to be the uniter between man and God. Satan could rule the world before Christ came because no one else could. Man was not created, amen, just for us to have a good life. Just so you can work hard, earn your money, and, and live the best you can. This is the shortest part of your existence. Amen. The greatest part of your existence is your eternal life. Which don't start when you die. It starts when you're born again. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. You, we have to understand this. If we want the kingdom to be demonstrated and manifested in our life, you've got to understand that that don't start at the moment you're put in the grave. It started at the moment you were born again. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. I'm filled with all the fullness of God. I'm not waiting for nothing. Come on, somebody. I'm not waiting for God to give me anything. Amen. I'm not waiting for God to bless me with something. I've already been filled with the fullness of God. Amen. With the moment you receive the Spirit inside of you, you are born again and filled with the Spirit. You have the full Godhead within you. You're not waiting on anything else. You can't fast long enough for it. You can't pray hard enough for it. You can't read hard enough for it. Come on, somebody. It's already in you. Somebody say, it's in me. So we got to find out the keys to get it out of us. Amen. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Amen. He came, hallelujah, to pay the price. It wasn't the devil that was demanding his death. It was God. Your sin, your sin demanded a death payment. The only way that God could be satisfied is with the shedding of innocent blood. That's it. So Christ, amen, God, it wasn't the devil that killed him. For nobody could kill him. He willingly laid down his life. Amen. So he took on that for you. It was not Satan that took it from him. You diminish the miracle of, of, of the, the life, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ when you blame it on the devil. Just the same as you diminish the miracle of you being born again when you blame all your mistakes on the devil. All your successes, all your failures, everything your life has given you, it's not the devil's fault. It's the fault of ignorance. It's because we're not learning our way into maturity. We're not getting revelation. You know, you're, the steps for you to step into the kingdom is through the path of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Your pathway is... Your pathway is not through an uh, organized religion. It's not through your membership to your church. Your pathway is when you get a relationship with truth and he leads you through one revelation after another, after another, after another. And before you know it, you are in the middle of the kingdom and he is manifesting his miracle working power in you and the ones around you say, hey, we see Jesus. Oh, hey, we see Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, come on, how many want somebody to say, I see Jesus, not I see your past, not I see your failures, not I see your money, not I see your credit score, but I don't see your education, but I see Jesus. Praise God. I'm a pew jumper. Better not tempt them. Amen. Not safe. (laughs) Praise God. I felt that. My foot just went bend that in. I was like, no. My foot done that. My thigh is going to really mess it up. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, amen. so we see Jesus. Amen. Praise God. For it was fitting for him, for whom all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. Amen. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies, thats not, I know that's a cuss word in the church, but it's still true to this day. Amen. He still sanctifies us. Hallelujah. He sets you apart. He still pulls you out from among them. He's not pulling you away from people that ain't saved. He's pulling you away from the system of the world. 
He's pulling you away from being government dependent. I don't need their approval to do what I want to do. Come on, somebody. I don't need their help for my finances. I don't. Come on. Amen. The kingdom says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Get out from under their control. Out from under their system. And if you think it's one side or the other, you are fatally wrong. It is both sides. Amen. We were never designed to follow after the government. It was designed for them to follow after us. But we surrendered our seat. We surrendered it to them. And now we follow after them. It was never designed. How do they see Jesus when we put them in front? The last people you need in front of you are those that ain't surrendered. They're the ones that need to see Jesus. But if you're behind them, they're not going to do this. They don't care what you say. They don't care what you think. Amen. We've got to position them right. Praise God. So he sanctifies, and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them who? Brethren. Brethren. Why is that important? Because you and I are joint heirs with Christ. He calls you brethren. Everything that he has, you have equal access to. It is equally yours. Christ don't possess one gift that you don't possess. He don't possess one thing that you don't possess. Amen. Everything that the Father, as a matter of fact, his prayer, not too long before uh, uh, he ascended to the Father, his prayer was this, Father, all that you've given me, uh, or all that you have, you have given me, and all that I have, I've given the Holy Ghost, and I don't leave them comfortless. I'm sending them the Holy Ghost. In other words, everything that came from the Father passed down through Christ, amen, to the Holy Ghost, and now you and I have access to every bit of that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, (laughs) amen. Praise the Lord. So the ascension of Christ came and then the Holy Ghost descended. He carries the fullness of God. But the Bible says that we receive the Holy Ghost as a portion or down payment of our inheritance. That's important. When you receive the Spirit, you do receive, amen, all that God has. But it comes in the form of a down payment. In other words, I'm going to give you a seed of your inheritance and I'm going to see what you do with it. Amen. I'm going to give you a little bit, and then I want to see how you grow into it. What that becomes is up to you and I. Amen. The Holy Ghost is more than tongues. So much more than tongues. Matter of fact, you go to the gifts of the Spirit, and tongues ain't even mentioned. It's the interpretation of tongues that's mentioned. Tongues is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But to most of the Pentecostal church, that's all there is to the Holy Ghost. And we are missing that that's the down payment. He wants to get you into the fullness of the Godhead. But we are settling for the outer court. Because we don't know how to get to the Holy of Holies. Come on, somebody. Amen. So God through Christ united humanity and deity together. Amen. And this is where... The, the, the church messes up right here. This is one of the areas that he spoke to me while I was preaching this in my church that we needed to get right. We cannot confuse humanity with carnality. Religion is very good 
as saying all things humanity is carnality. We're good at it. Whether that's clothesline, whether that's, and you, listen, people on both sides, I, I, go, I go to charismatic churches, they tell me I'm old school. I go to old school churches, they tell me I'm charismatic. Amen. You just can't win for losing. Praise the Lord. Amen. But do you, do you know that I have friends? I have friends. Pastor friends. And, and uh, uh, friends that aren't pastors that left the holiness church, same church I was raised in. And they have so far shunned that experience and how we were raised that if you look like that, if you sound like that, if you post anything that reminds them of what we were raised in, they immediately target you and come after you. I confronted, them, I confronted one of them of it. I seen him do it to another friend of mine. And I said, I think you're carrying a spirit of offense because everything this man puts on Facebook, you target him. And I said, and I believe by the spirit that you're doing it because of how we were raised. He's like, man, you're right. He said, please take me to lunch. I said, I ain't buying you lunch. Get your deliverance. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I did as I sorry. I love you, man, but I'm busy. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. He, he needed freedom from the offense. But you can put skinny jeans on. You can take your suit off. Hey, man, you, could, <laughs> you can change the color of your hair. And it doesn't mean that you lost religion. You can change from the hymns to Caleb. And you still ain't shed off religion. Religion's not a style. It's a bondage. It's a spirit. It's a learned habit. Most religious people don't know they're religious. They're just doing what they were taught. And we target them, and we war against them, thinking that they're this evil thing, and they're only doing, they're only following after a pattern that was set in front of them. They're not evil. Amen. Listen, I cannot stand a religious spirit. I, I, uh, especially a person that really operates in it, it rubs me the wrong way, because you know why? I was delivered from it. I can sniff it out. I can tell it. If they're telling me they ain't got it, I can see it. Amen. I still smell it in areas of my life. And as soon as I sniff it out, I'm like, God, get me out of this. Get me out of this. I come too far to go back. Amen. I don't want works in my life. I don't want to try to earn anything. I'm, to, I'm tired of trying to build a church. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. You ought to be tired of trying to build something and just believe and learn and see what he adds to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You ain't got to build it. You got to let it be added. You don't make it happen. Praise God. All right. So you cannot mix humanity with carnality. Carnality is the corruption of humanity. Humanity is pure. That's what God created in its purest form. What it's governed by determines the success or the failure of humanity. If it's governed by carnality, it'll be corrupt and it'll lead to destruction. If it's governed by the spirit, you'll have eternal life. You'll reap your inheritance. Amen. So Christ was fully human and fully God. He brought the two together, deity and hum humanity. Amen. And you and I are able to reap the benefits of that. Praise God. Now go to 2 Peter, and this is where we will park. 
an end. Am I helping anybody? This is where he gives you the different things that can clog you up. That can keep the demonstration. This is now this is what he showed me. I didn't read a book. I didn't get this from anybody. This is what he showed me personally. So if it fits for you, you receive it. Praise God. If you ain't struggling with these, amen. There's other areas that I ain't dealing with today. <laughs> Maybe your pastor is. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Where did he say the grace and peace would be multiplied? Through the knowledge of your Lord. Not through seminary. This isn't talking about you sitting through a class and learning Bible courses. I'm not against that. But this isn't talking about that. The knowledge here is what you receive by the Spirit. This is why I don't understand people that follow after, well, you got to follow the science. you got to follow the science. They've been telling you that babies in the womb are nothing but fetuses. They've been telling you and I that God isn't real. Come on, somebody. Amen. They've been, they've been lying to us for decades. Praise God. They've been telling us that we came from monkeys. And now all of a sudden we want to believe them? We can't believe them. Well, that's not why. I had them tell me this. I had people leave my church because of this. They said, you're not following after wisdom. They're, they, they're using wisdom. No, they're not. That's the wisdom of man. God told me not to follow after the wisdom of man. He told me to follow after the wisdom of God, which can only come by the Spirit. And if it comes through a person, they must be filled with the Spirit. Or, if not, you've got carnality corrupting the wisdom. And you can't trust it. Amen. So it's through the knowledge of our Lord. As his divine power has given to us, verse 3, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. You got all things that pertains to life and godliness. Through what? Not your church attendance. Not your tithing report. But through life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Through life. And hallelujah. Amen. Through knowledge. Uh, uh, the, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Here's the hiccup. We are shedding off. You were born into the nature of sin. That's the carnality that corrupts humanity. Once you are born again, you must unlearn that. You must be sanctified from that. And then, guess what? The Bible says the word is quick and sharp than any two-edged sword to the divine of what? Both soul and spirit. He comes in to sanctify you and separate what is the corruption of your soul and what is the truth of his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got to unlearn that and then we got to be partakers of his divine nature. This is where the religious church got messed up is because we couldn't handle your carnal nature after you got up from the altar. We assume that after you got from the altar, you had all demons cast out. Praise God. All your troubles were rolled away. Hey Amen. Every addiction fell off of you. Every bad attitude fell off of you. Your mama's bad habits fell off of you. Your daddy's lack of wisdom fell off of you. All of these bad traits that you were trained in, amen, fell off of you. And what we done when you got up and we started seeing your failures, well, you didn't get it right. Get back on the altar. You must not have sought God hardened. Listen, I know. 
I said it. I was raised in it. You must not have sought God hard enough or you would have got it by now. You would have been changed by now. Get them on the praise team and all of a sudden you start seeing stuff that you didn't see before. And you yank them off the praise. You need to get down, down here and repent. You ain't really saved. Who are you? To tell them whether they're saved or not. They haven't taken on his divine nature. That is the responsibility of the leadership to show them his divine nature. But if they see attitude from the preacher, you're going to continue to have attitude in their life. If we breed arrogance, we reap arrogance. If we breed pride, we reap pride. They've got to find his divine nature through the preaching of the gospel and through the testimony of your life. Jesus said, I come in the volume of a book. You, those books have, have never stopped being written. You and I are still a book, a testament being written. They have tried to use Matthew, Mark, and Luke to contradict each other and, and prove that the Bible is not real and that all of this is wrong and all of this is false. And, and all it is is someone's personal experience. Matthew experienced Jesus in a way that Mark didn't. And Mark experienced Christ in a way that Luke didn't. And you experienced Christ in a way that I didn't. But if I look at you and say you ain't experiencing God because you're not doing it like I am, come on somebody. Hey man, because you don't look like me because you're not walking like me because you don't preach like this because you don't sing like that amen listen I am missing the mark there is a divine nature to be had in this season and if we want to see that I feel like preaching in here if we want to see the kingdom of God manifested we're going to have to take on his divine nature and shed off religion shed off flesh shed off carnality amen Partakers of the divine nature having what? Escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Escape the corruption that is in the world through the venue called lust. That's not just sex. God created sex pure. It's pure and holy. It's the carnal mind that corrupts it. He created money, pure and holy. Do you know... Can I share, I want to, this may, I don't think it'll provoke you, but can I, can I just share how I believe God got created, a, how God created an economy in the earth? I've preached this in my church, I've preached this at one other place, but I don't share it to many people because uh, I think y'all can handle it because y'all are weird anyway, just like me. Praise God. <laughs> y'all are out there. Do you realize that every economy is built on one of the precious minerals that was on Lucifer's coat? You realize that? I believe that when he was cast down out of heaven and he hit the earth, his coat filled the earth. And now the reason God demands your first fruit is because he's saying, you go gather his coat and what he lost, you make it holy again by giving it back to me. (sighs) Amen. So now when I give my offering, when I give my offering, that's what I have in mind. I'm making righteous what he made unrighteous. When I pay my tithe, listen, when we were going to that revival, my wife and I were just, as my grandmother would say, we were poorer than Job's turkey. I mean, we, I had a good job. I made good money. My grandmother always said, I made good money, but 
we had overstretched ourselves because I wasn't smart. I had good credit. So you make good money and you got excellent credit, you're dumb. <laughs> if it's your first time, praise God. For those of us who have been through it a couple times, we've learned. Hallelujah. Now I don't, I'm not stupid. Amen. I've got excellent credit and I got money in the bank. Hallelujah. Praise God. And my wife got excellent credit. She didn't have nothing when I got with her. But now we both got, I had to buy everything when we first got married. Amen. Amen. I did. I had to put my name on every car on our house. We bought our first house. It's my name on the house. Her name we couldn't have rent. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It's true. But God, praise God, he delivered us. I ruined it. Amen. Drove the credit in the ground. Ruined every bit of that. But when we were going to that revival, God started walking us out of that. He started waking us up to it. Now, now we, I didn't ruin it until after that. After the revival ended. Then we lost our house. We, we lost our car. Amen. We had, we had to go back to renting again. Our credit score went down the tube. 2008 happened right after the revival. So all real estate went. Banks were pulling notes. And they wasn't having any kind of patience with you. It didn't matter who you was. Amen. Praise God. So we, were, we, we began to go through this. And, and, and it felt like we were suffering. But through that revival towards the end. And this is what I believe. That the, the God used. Amen. Our obedience. And don't do this just because I've done it. Because your own walk with God will get you there, not mine. Amen. So don't mimic me. But this is what happened with me. Amen. God started in that revival. He said, I want you to start giving a little bit a night. Now, my wife and I, we've always been tithers, but giving above our tithe was a struggle at that time. So God said, I want you to start giving a little bit a night. Man, I was giving like two and three dollars a night. Praise God. Praise God. A couple weeks of that, God said, all right, I want you to do five dollars a night. Five dollars a night. Five dollars a night. Then God saw ten dollars. We ended up getting all the way up, amen, to $50 a night. $50 a night, praise God. Giving $50 a night. But it was getting hard. It was getting hard. It wasn't even income tax season, praise God. It was tough. <laughs> amen. Then he said, I want you to give 100 a night. I was like, oh, God. I, my wife and I looked at each other. We're like, this is our bills. This is our bills. We came, we started giving $100 a night. That first week, $600 in the offering plate. Next Sunday night, we were there. Had my $100 bill in my pocket. Went up there to put it in the basket. Dropped it in. Turned around. My wife knew we couldn't. We, we didn't have it to do beyond that. Went to walk back to my seat. Sat down. Me and my wife just rejoiced. We just rejoiced. Praise God. After church was over, a man got up. He came and walked to us, threw a $100 bill in my hand. God told me to give you this. The thought came, let's go buy groceries. Followed by the thought, you got to have a $100 offering tomorrow night. Came back the next night, put the $100 in the offering plate. Went back, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. We walked by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Got back to my seat. Praise God. Church ended. Amen. The same man came up, put another $100 bill in my, my hand. By this time, we started waking up to the reality of what God was doing. Ah, this is our offering. God said, I'll provide myself a lamb. 
He was providing himself an offering. He was just seeing if we would position ourselves to be a sower. Amen. That happened for the rest of the revival. Every night he gave us a $100 bill. Every night we put it in the offering plate. As soon as the revival ended, my wife and I, we split up. Filed for divorce. Had to sell the house. I'm getting off track, but I'll, I'll end with this. I promise you. Had to sell the house. Did a short sale. Crashed my credit. Credit went from high sevens, now down to 400s. <laughs> Living up to my heritage. Amen. My grandma would be so proud. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That ain't right, brother. That ain't right. Amen. <laughs> so I... <laughs> Amen. So I... We didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Lost my wife. House wasn't sold yet. We hadn't closed on it, so I was still in the house. I fell into a deep depression. I moved my bed in my living room. I was so depressed. I'd stay up all night and sleep all day. I remember I had to go to the VA because I was injured and, and they were working all that. I broke my hips and my feet. And so they were, they were doing a case. And I had to go up there for the, uh, you go before a panel of doctors and they determine whether you're disabled or whether you're not. So I had to go up there. They had to review my case. Should have been the happiest day because they approved me. And said, yes, we believe that your injury sustained arthritis and all, you know, they curse you. Anyway, <laughs> after they cursed me, praise God, I should have walked out of there happy. Hey, I got money the rest of my life and health care. I left there and I went to walk across the deal at the Lawton uh, 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 Hospital. Went to walk across the deal. It's a little sky, whatever they call bridge, yeah. And I looked out and all of a sudden I just got lost in the view. I remember this like it was yesterday. Lost in the view. And I mean, I felt the weight of the depression. And I began to weep. I cried from that moment all the way to the car, in the car all the way to the house. Had no clue how I was going to break out of this. I'd never been in a place like that. Never suffered like that. Never been in a dark spot like that. And never have since. Praise God. Amen. So I get, get to the house. Amen. <laughs> It's troubling. I hated my wife. I did. I didn't want to be with her. I hated her guts. And for some reason, I'd taken every picture except for one of us when I was uh, uh, still in the Army, sitting up there on the shelf. And I seen that, and I just fell in the floor, and I began to cry. God, you've seen what she did. God, you know how awful she is. And I mean, I just, God, you need to get her. You need to rebuke her. You need to blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I got in the spirit. See, you're moaning and groaning and might not be in the spirit. My tears didn't mean I was in the spirit. I crossed over in the spirit and all of a sudden my language began to change. And it wasn't tongues. It was God make me the man of God she needs. I didn't want her back. God make me the husband that she needs. Make me the father that my child needs. Come on, somebody. And I felt it begin to break off of my heart. Two weeks later, God put us back together. 
we were, we were actually fixing to sign the divorce papers. We were still done. Even after that moment, I was done. But something happened. If you see my wife, you'd know part of it. That woman fine as can be. Amen. She can be sick and still the hottest thing I've ever looked at. Amen. She's beautiful. She's still. Amen. Anyway, praise God. Carnality about slipped in. Hallelujah. I just say it like the kids say, she bussin'. Amen. She bussin' bussin'. Praise God. But she, the, but we went and I said, come on, let's meet. Because the lawyer, we found out that the lawyer was trying to jip us. So he was delaying it and going to charge us an extra amount of retaining money and telling us that she didn't agree. They're telling me she didn't agree to the terms. They're telling her that I didn't agree to the terms. We finally got together and talked. And why in the world ain't you doing this? Found out he was just trying to jip us for more money. So we got together and said, let's meet at Dairy Queen. I hate Dairy Queen. That's why I said it. Praise God. She hates it too. <laughs> anyway, went to Dairy Queen and something happened in that we were there to discuss divorce. And I looked at her and I mean tears were just shedding down both of our faces. And we knew that this was the beginning of our new life. We begin to take on the divine nature of a godly marriage. We begin to take on his divine nature. Amen. And, and what, what happened was, praise God, we're still together ever since. Amen. Never divorced. We decided we wasn't going to file bankruptcy. God dealt with us. We said we're not going to file bankruptcy. Now, granted, again, remind you, we just come out of this. Long season of giving hard. So we said, we're not, we're not going to file bankruptcy. We felt like that was our, our easy way out. We wanted to work our way out. We, we wanted, well, I shouldn't say work, but we want to see God bring us out of this. So we got back in it. Our pastors counseled us against getting back together. It'll never work out. Marriage can't work after this. I got rebuked. They set me down for two years because we got back together. They didn't like it. They didn't want me with her. Can you imagine? Amen. Anyway, praise God. Amen. We, we went through that. I sat in the church knowing he'd get up and he'd preach. And he'd do this, and I was on the front row. If his shoes were untied, I'd tie it, but he'd preach at me every service. I was the first one there, last one to leave. Your offering's more than your money. <laughs> Come on. What was I sowing for? I was sowing for God's divine nature. Now, at the time, I had no clue. I was just being faithful to the only man I knew as a real father figure in my life. I was just being faithful to him. I loved him. I served him with all of my heart. I gave everything to him and his church and his wife. I did. And I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm saying that earnestly. I did. Brother Ziggy can tell you. I, I did. I was his brother Ted. I was at his house. I did everything he needed. Amen. Even when... He was persecuting me. I stayed faithful. Your offering isn't dependent. I preach this in my church. The soil 
the good soil that you sow into isn't determined by where you give it. It's determined by your heart. You're the soil. Amen. So your offering isn't based off of who you're putting it in. It's based off of where your heart's at at the moment you give. Where's your faith at? Amen. And so in serving, that's the same way. So God delivered me. Hallelujah. Set me free. Started bringing me out of religion through that whole time. It wasn't, it wasn't just us having to deal with finances, having to deal with our marriage, having to figure out. I'm, I, we, she had a child uh, uh, with another man and having to figure all that out. All of those were trials on top of this and plus me being disabled and trying to figure all of that out. All of that was, was, was on top of this, but it was also God delivering me from a religious spirit. And show me things in the word that I found out I was raised up in but wasn't biblical. But you still serve. And you still give. And you still live for the Lord. And before I knew it, our life started reflecting him. Amen. We bought the biggest house we've ever owned. Amen. Beautiful home. Brick home. Four bedroom. Two living room. Five, you've been you've been to my house back right after we first got it. Amen. Praise God. Yes, you've been. <laughs> oh, you was in the old one. That, I'm in the new one now. Yes, yes, that was another one. Praise God. You've been. Michael's been in my new one. Yeah, yeah. We I've moved since that time. You were there too. Amen. But he's blessed us. Praise God. Credit score through the roof. We're making over six figures. Amen. Praise God. And I can say it had nothing to do with man. It wasn't off my education. It sure wasn't off my family. <laughs> Amen. It came from the Lord. He walked me from one revelation to another revelation. And in every point I had to humble myself to get to where he was taking me. Amen. And then you reap the benefits of it, reap the reward, and there was a temptation to sit back and say, hmm, I got it. Have you ever really got it? Your learning should never stop. Your maturing should never stop. Your growth should never stop. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Listen, even, even with our church, we went through the same thing, pastoring. God told me he wanted a different preacher there every Sunday uh, a night for one whole year. Guess who funded every one of them? The church couldn't fund them. My wife and I funded them. We went back to the same thing that God has spoke to us before. Then the Lord spoke to us uh, uh, several years ago. He said, what you give this year will be the tithe of what you make next year. And you know what happened? We wasn't making a lot of money. We gave 7000 in the offering that year and thought my, that was the most we'd ever given. And you know what happened? Our tithe next year, or our, our, our income next year, ended up being 70000 We did the same thing. We upped our tithe and our offering again. And then the next year, we made even more. And it's still happening. We did it last year, and we just found out we're getting raises now. Come. 
plus a bonus plan. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because we're not following after man. We're following after God. I want to learn my way into that. I, listen, if I learn my way in, you can't convince me out of it. If, I, if, if revelation draws me, I go, somebody ought to get this. Amen. If revelation draws me into it, if the light opens, listen, some people are still veiled over with unbelief, still veiled over with religion. But there's a group of us that are allowing the Holy Ghost to remove the veil, bring the light of the gospel in our hearts. Uh, and we are getting a revelation of the kingdom of God and nothing and nobody can convince us out of it amen hallelujah praise God praise God hallelujah but also for this very reason giving control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. He gave you what could clog up your revelation. Right here. Giving control to self-control. Perseverance to perseverance. Godliness to godliness. Brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. Maybe love is your hold up. Maybe it's that we don't have that brotherly kindness. I know we, we try to look for the deep, 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 deep secrets and mysteries, but sometimes it's just as simple as how you treat people around you that could clog up your revelation of Christ. Amen. Not having self-control. That's a big one. Not, having, not being able to discipline yourself. Not being able to bridle your tongue. Amen. I know that one firsthand. Praise God. Amen. Not having that self-control, thinking that because it came to your head, everybody else wants to hear it too. That because it's your opinion, it ought to be fact. That because you feel that way, it ought to be uh, 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 true. But that's not the way that it is. Amen. These are the things that could hold us up and clog us up from having the supernatural manifested in our life, even on a daily basis. God don't want it just in a church. He wants it in your life. That's why the 800 can be added outside of church, because that's where the kingdom's supposed to be in the first place. It's not supposed to be locked up in here. This is where you learn it. This is where you gain the divine nature of God. But then you take that divine nature and you apply it in your life until it becomes a part of your everyday person. And then people around you will look at you and say, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. I didn't hear him for myself. I didn't see him for myself. But I'm seeing the miracle signs and wonders in the church again. From the believers again. Amen. And that's where we grow to do what he's called us to do. What he's created you to do. That help you out today? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, God, that it divides both soul and spirit. Amen. Bone and marrow. The God, it shows us what's not like you and what is like you. 
shows us the carnality of humanity, and it shows us the spirituality. Praise God. It shows us the mind of the flesh, and it reveals the mind of the spirit. Hallelujah. So, God, I ask you, Father, as long as we're human, we're still going to struggle with carnality. But, Father, for the areas that are in our life that we're hindered by, that may have clogged up the release, that have caused the portal that he ended up speaking of there in Peter, that clogs up that portal. God, if we have any of that in our life, God, I ask you, Lord, that you reveal it to us by your Spirit. Because your spirit will convict unto change, unto repentance. Hallelujah. And God will rejoice, will not be prideful. We won't get angry about it. We won't pout. But we'll learn it. That's why we're here. We're not here just to have church. We're here to learn and grow and mature. To take on your image. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> Oh, God, may they see our Father through us. May they know that when they come to us, we are joint heirs with Christ. And God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here at the end of that, he said, if you do these things... Heaven will open up. It gives you an access point to the kingdom. Just those things right there that he mentioned. Brotherly love. Brotherly kindness. Love. Gentleness. Goodness. Self-control. Gives you a portal access into the kingdom. Amen. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Just lift your hands for a moment. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, just begin to press in for a moment. We don't want to force anything. We just want to be obedient to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Holy Ghost, we can't do it without you. We're inadequate. Yes, God. Hallelujah.
Holy are you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Shora mama sokora bahaya. Libra baba baba hosotora masheke. Mara mama mama ndara bahosora mama mama ke. Libra baba hasa talalalalalaba kushora. Zebra ndara masotori anjere vandaya. Meko rama sikora bahaya. Borama soto rashe kilididio sekere behei. Borama sekere behei amamamahas. name of y'all's church. <laughs> Kingdom builders, praise God. I hear the Lord saying this, and, and I don't feel she's the only one. I feel this is for more than just one. But this next season is going to appear to be rough and hard but the Lord said the name of the refiner's fire because <laughs> I hear the Lord saying he's wanting he's wanting to get the place to to where it'll bend so he's heating it up to put the people on their face What he spoke here tonight, I believe, is quickening a lot in your spirit. And I could, I could feel that all the way through the message that God was alerting you to a lot of things. He's setting you on a path. It's almost like a path of series of messages, a path of teachings that he's going to take you through. And that you'll be how he's done with me. As I learn it, they learn it. As he takes me through it, I walk them through it. It'll be the same for your house. You're going to have... You're not far in front of them. Y'all are close together. And I hear the Lord say, it's not that you're not leading. You're leading because he's doing it through you. But they're going to follow suit. For the Lord, I, I don't even know what area of the city that you're in. But I hear the Lord saying what he desires to do in that area and in the, the, the people there is he is going to use you to begin to tear at culture organized religion you're going to begin to tear at it and people are going to turn against you because they're going to say you know better you know how it's supposed to be this is how it's always been done but I hear the Lord say he's going to use you to be a battering ram and you're going to oppose it you're going to oppose it with boldness and you're going to see a response from the people that are hungry and you'll see a resistance from the people who are just trying to see if you'll be the next new thing 
it won't be a sifting. It won't be a sifting because God's not targeting, the, targeting those people. He wants to minister to them and he wants to reach them too. He's not shaking them away. But you'll be able to see the difference between the two groups. And that'll be when your eyes are open to those that God wants to use and catapult into the structure of your church, into the foundation of your church, into the leadership of your church. Now the Lord say, when you see the, the, the difference in the two, be sure not to make an enemy of the ones that resist you. God's not even going to send all of them away. They're going to stay. Some people just go along and they'll watch. They'll stand outside. But eventually they'll, they'll start catching it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know who said it, but I hear some horrible things that were said from a place you came out of. But I hear the Lord said, tell you, you're not rebellious. You're not in witchcraft. You're in my will. He has his hand over you. Amen. He has his hand on your life. He's not letting you go too far. He's letting you get out there far enough to make them uncomfortable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I declare over your church and over this season that this will be declared the season of the refiner's fire. God, make them bend in Jesus' name. Hey, bring them on their face in worship. Bring them on their face in humility in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father. And we praise you, God. And it'll be unto them as you have said it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, praise God. Hallelujah. God has put the sound of heaven within you. He has given you a boldness to declare the word, to declare truth. And in this season, he'll use you to expose what's carnality and the things that are the Spirit. Your eyes are being opened to it. Your understanding is being opened to it. You are seeing what others refuse to look at. Don't run, because that's what I tried to do. Couldn't handle what I was seeing, so I tried to run. Don't be offended by it. Ask God to give you strategies. Woo! Hey! Ask Him to give you strategies. Ask Him to give you wisdom. And wait for the moment. And when the open door comes, step in it. 
and see if he don't open it up. See if he don't give breakthroughs. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's ahead of you because it's in your heart. You'll get there because it's in you. Setbacks are often setups, and that's not a cliche, that's biblical. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you will see it, and you will declare it, and you will walk in holy boldness, and you will do what he's called you to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you want prayer, they done warned me. Hallelujah. <laughs> they said, Pastor, you're going to be here late. Get ready. I said, all right, I will. Amen. But if you want, if you want prayer, I want to lay hands on everybody that wants it. But I want you to, I, I really want us to press in to God opening up our eyes to whatever's holding us back, whatever's clogging up revelation. What he's ministered to them to about was unclogging revelation, unclogging truth. It's in them. He wants to get it out of them. Amen. Opening up what seems to be setbacks. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to pray for y'all anyway. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Shoto Rabasi Koramahaya. Are you from here? No. See, it's almost like you're trying to You've got it, but you're trying to, I've seen this on both of y'all, like you're trying to, to figure it out. Like maybe you've got it, but not quite affluent with it or understand completely exactly everything that's going on. Almost like it's kind of like a child when they see the dad, they just watch him for a season and learn everything that they can, but then it gets in them and they begin to become a man. And I had a dream of, of our church one time, we were walking through the streets of Chickasha marching almost just like a, a army in ranks and all marching through the streets of Chickasha and people would walk out their houses they'd see us and they'd begin to get in line and when they get in line they'd watch us first and they'd just do what we were doing we didn't change what we were doing we didn't adapt to what we were what to try to fit in with them or make them fit in with us we just kept doing what we were doing and they begin to fit in they begin to line up the same thing happening with y'all I don't know where God's taking y'all of course that's between you and the Lord but I, I, I do know that it's going to be easy for you to fit in it's, it may be uncomfortable for a season but it's going to be easy for you to fit in because you're just going to watch it and do it and then it's going to become who you are and you're going to begin to take that on hallelujah
So I declare, amen, that you'll be led by the mind of the Spirit into his perfect will. As awkward as it may be at times, as uncomfortable as it might seem at times, that God by your spirit, hallelujah. As we said in the army, we adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. <laughs> we adapt to our environment and then we overcome our obstacles. So in the name of Jesus, I declare that over them in this season. Hallelujah, that he will over adapt and he will overcome. Praise God. Praise God. That God, he'll learn all truths that you have for him. Hallelujah. That you'll open his eyes to see clearer than he's ever seen before. Clearer than he's ever seen before. Amen. That's what he declares over you. You're a seer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll see clearer than you've ever seen before. He ain't talking about in the natural. Hallelujah. But in the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Jesus name thank you father praise God all the desires God your plan and your purpose I see it. I'm trying to get a clear understanding of what God is. Every time I lay hands or I look at y'all all through service, I see the same thing. It's like there's a quickness of maturity in y'all's way. A fastness of a level of maturity that he's wanting to bring to y'all in a strong way. But there's things that he's wanting you to walk in and he don't have the time to wait for you to get there so he's going to bring it quick. He said, in the last days, I'll do a quick work and cut it short. He's raising y'all up. Hallelujah. So I declare over them, Father. That every crooked path be made straight. That they, they find your will quick. You raise them up, hallelujah, and the God, you do it in a quick way. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, and we praise you. May they learn you. May they walk with you. Hallelujah. May she build a relationship with you, Father, in a way that can't be shaken, that can't be taken, and that all that you bring her into, hallelujah, that she'll find the fullness of that measure. In that season, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord.
for their house, Father. Yes, God, we pray, Father. <laughs> oh, God, we thank you, Father. <clears throat> for all that you're doing there. We thank you, God, that you have brought them this, this far by your mercy and your grace. God, I thank you for the hunger of the word that they have within them and the longing to work for you, to be a servant of yours. Hallelujah. God, I declare over them that in this season they'll walk in the fullness of the measure, of the gifts, the signs, the wonders, the miracles. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And they'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They'll cast out devils. Hallelujah. In your name, God. They'll see lives transformed, the brokenhearted mended, the down and depressed uplifted. In the name of Jesus, we praise you, God. Hallelujah. The great things lie ahead of them, God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stretch your hands towards him. God's wanting to pour into him fresh. Oh, come on. Fresh wind. In the name of Jesus. God, your word teaches us that we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. In the name of Jesus. Fresh fire. Fresh and filling. Dig into the wells, oh God. Hallelujah. May it rise up, spring up, oh well, <laughs> within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundantly. Spring up in him, oh God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brother.
this dude is the snazziest dresser. Got a good brand. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to pray. Since I know little of what you're going through, I'm just going to pray vaguely. And just ask the Holy Ghost to guide your steps. God, as you've done for me, <laughs> as I humble myself before you, God, you can do for anybody. So God, I declare this is his season of humility, humbleness of heart, that he humble himself under the mighty hand of God. That you'll exalt him. We declare that over him in Jesus' name. The God that all that you're doing in him will come to fruition, will come to pass, will produce. It will not lay dormant. It will not die out. Hallelujah. But it will rise up. It will produce fruit. And many will look and say, we see Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, and I praise you for it. Hallelujah. my spirit that is I almost shared this today you know with our sometimes you go through obstacles like we are right now with a building our church building and it almost seemed like we literally were told this could be inhabitable amen and uh, come to find out it's not, praise God. And we got somebody that was smarter to come in. Paid him a lot of money to tell us what was actually wrong. However, I do, I look at it, even though God made a, a, a way through that. We're going to have to, we're going to have to pony up a, a lot of money to fix it. And thank God we got the cash to do it. But, but even with that, I looked at it and I said, oh, I told my wife. I said, God's squeezing us out of this building. I feel it. I feel it. It's not something that I've desired for, but sometimes he sends obstacles. He allows things to happen around you to squeeze you into a new position. So I declare over you, Cherie, that this is your season of promotion. And that he's squeezing you into place. In the name of Jesus. This is an elevation of going higher, not 
Some people think of that he's squeezing you into place like you've been out of place. No, this is, she's been in place. Y'all know that. She's being promoted to a new place. There's more that he has to do for you and through you. If you can perceive it, if you can see it, you're comfortable doing it. It's time for that season to come to an end and you to move into something that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has in store for you. But love him. Amen. Hallelujah. So I declare. And this is what I, I see. And, and this, this may be happening. I don't know. But the Lord's telling me he's wanting to use you to train up. Not just, not just evangelist teams to, to, for you to take out. But for other churches to create. To establish evangelism teams in their churches. Even in mine. Hallelujah. I'm going to pay you. And you're going to come down when, according to your schedule. And, and you train up an evangelism team. In my own church, structure it. Praise God. Amen. That's your calling. <laughs> Not to just do it and busy yourself with it, but to train others. You know, the Father's only glorified when people can see Him in you. When people, What's the fully glorified state of a, of a seed? When it produces fruit and people can pick it. You fully glorify the Father when people can receive of the fruit that you have went, labored for, that you have suffered through, that you learned the hard way, but now you can come and share it with the church that don't have to labor hard for it, that don't have to learn the hard way, that don't have to find it through the tears that you had to shed to get there, amen, or the embarrassment or whatever it is that you had to go through, praise God, but God can use you to go and spare churches a lot of time, hallelujah, that's a gift, church, <laughs> and he's promoting you to that, amen, and people will hire you and bring you in and pay you to do that, and I see that. I see that clear now. <laughs> I see that clearly. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I declare that promotion over you. And I declare that through that, God will make, he will send avenues. Multiple avenues of finances your way. In Jesus' name. More than one. And my church will be among the first. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you, Father. Yes, God. Go ahead and pull. I feel you pulling. There it is. Go ahead. You need that. You need that release. I don't know what's, what burden you've been carrying, but you need that release. 
The peace of God that passes all understanding. That's that release. He's drawing it out of you. Drawing it out of you. Drawing it out of you. Let it out. Let God draw it out. Every bit of it. Come on. That's your freedom. That's your breakthrough. From the depths. 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 From the depths, Spirit of the Living God, from the depths, Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Jesus' name. take her higher she's ever been deeper than she's ever gone bring her into the realms that she's yet reached 
declare we see Jesus. <laughs> Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Be back here in the morning. Be doing a little more teaching than preaching, but I look forward to it. Can't wait to see y'all in the morning. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap for what he's done. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. And his mercy endures forever. Glory to God. Isn't God awesome? I'm so glad that you came today. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, 10.30 a.m., uh, we will, like I said, we won't have a full worship service, but we'll have about uh, five minutes. Come early. Get to know a few people. Um, of course, morning services, we don't have as many folks, but uh, the morning services have been outstanding. And I hate to tell you all that for that I haven't been able to come, but it's just the way that it is. It was, it's been nice. Amen. So tomorrow, Brother Aaron will be with us in the morning. Tomorrow night I'll be ministering, final meeting here. I will have a miracle service. Let's come with expectation. You know, it's in my heart and it's my desire that the fire of revival burns so greatly in this place uh, that we can't end these services. Now, it's hard for people to fathom that because they don't, you know, they don't really, and we can't really make that happen. But we sure can open our hearts and say, Lord, here we are. Send us. Amen. So let's pray, and I'll turn you all loose. Father, we thank you uh, for all that you've said and done. Lord, you know what's in our hearts. Let the fire of revival burn in each one. God, may we leave here with a greater measure of understanding. Uh, Lord, you said in your word that in the book of, in the book of Ephesians that mankind was alienated from your very life because of the ignorance that was in them. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're, you're causing us to become more learned concerning the things of the Spirit, concerning the things of God. Holy Spirit, lead us like the Word says you will, that you'll show us all things, yea, the deep things of God. Lord, we're certainly open. We're certainly willing, and we will be obedient Lord, you said if we were willing and obedient, we would eat the good of the land. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you. Go with us as we go tonight. May your presence uh, rest so heavily upon us that those that we come in contact with know that your hand and the touch of your hand is upon us. And may their lives be changed because they came in contact with us. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. amen. Listen, I love you. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I'll see many of you back here tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. I'm going to say something real quick. Um, if you do one thing tonight before you go to bed, obviously, pray. Um, share, share the event for tomorrow. It's a miracle service. Um, it's on Winner's Church uh, Facebook. It's on Instagram. We want to let people know and have a touch of God. So, um, But it takes us communicating uh, 
You guys know how to download pictures from Facebook. I know you guys are on Facebook. Download the image, share it, send it on a text message. Um, there's people that need healing. There's people that need the touch of God. And it's you guys that are going to be able to let them know where to get it. Um, so I encourage you, do it Do it at least to one way, either share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, send a text message, but do something and, and just know that God's going to do an amazing, amazing things tomorrow night. So we definitely want everyone to experience it. Amen. So that's your assignment tonight. <laughs> Amen.